Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we're going to spend the next few minutes or so talking about some of the big stories that have emerged over the last week or so. A lot written by the preeminent football journalist in the country, Vince Regari of the Sydney Morning Herald, who joins us on the line now. Evening, Vince. Good evening, fellas. How are you? Yeah, great. Good to have you on the show. Um, I think it's the first time we've had you on the show. We should do it more often. Um, First of all, we we want to talk about this fascinating yarn that you wrote last Friday, and I loved your Twitter intro. Here's a yarn. (laughs) Talk about understatement. Uh, On the potential plan to introduce promotion and relegation to the A-League, not the traditional type of system, but a sort of absorption of the best national second division clubs, always assuming that goes ahead and it's successful, of course. Uh, and a potential split into A1 and A2. It's it's a fascinating yeah. concept. Yeah, absorption is probably a good word, Jim. And um, uh, to be fair, I wasn't even sure I wanted to tweet this story out at all because we all know what Twitter can be like, especially on this topic. But mm. thankfully, uh, most people reacted quite well. I thought it was really positively received, which uh, was quite pleasing. Uh, I have to say, I think it's a sensational idea. Just, I, I think we'd all like to have the traditional... European style, up and down, simple system, right? But for a variety of reasons that we probably don't have enough time to unpack um, right now, that's it's probably not going to be feasible in the short term in Australia. And so then it becomes, so how do we do it? How do we build our pyramid? How do we increase the number of um, professional teams we have in the A-League beyond expansion, which will hopefully take us to 16 teams? And, and, and how do we integrate the second division teams if the second division happens to be a success and there are some really strong clubs there. And yeah. and I mentioned in the story that one of the the things I think that has inspired the APL to come up with this model is is the way that Japan did it. So Japan, um, long story short, but, you know, they sort of had a, they, they began with a, with a national league on top of the, the Japanese football league, which I guess could be analogous to, to the NPL in some ways. And then they simply just grew that, that first division they just kept growing it and growing it until they had enough teams to split it in two. Yeah. And so that became J1 and J2. And over time, they added J3. And for me, that just, we all want to see promotion and relegation, right? But until we have enough clubs to justify uh, promoting and relegating in, in the traditional sense that, 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 mm. we, that we know of and, and, and love in European football, then, then we have to find a compromise. And for me, this is safe, but yeah. you know, conservative in some ways. Well, there are, there are safeguards there, aren't there? There are safeguards, and you're doing it sort of piecemeal, which, uh, you know, protects the existing clubs, but also gives incentive to, to those that are ambitious. That's right, and I think one of the key things that we have to forget, and some people might wish this was not the case, but it is, is that A-League clubs have licences until 2034. Yeah. Now, James Johnson has said that, um, I suppose he has the power to change that, but I think that would create a a big political and potential legal fight in Australian football. And I'm not sure that that would be constructive or that relegating clubs out of the A-League until we have um, more, if not better, clubs to replace them with at the professional level is a good idea just now. Mm. So for me, this sort of covers off the, the negatives of, of that system while, as you say, bring, you know, embracing some of the positives of promotion at least. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I was interested in in reading your piece was uh, your mention of the possibility of a cross-conference structure similar uh, in some ways to the MLS in the States with teams from A1 and A2 playing in separate leagues but also still playing each other. Now, I have to say that doesn't sit particularly easily with me, but may- maybe you can convince me. Nor me, Simon, to be honest. As I say, I think we'd all prefer something a lot cleaner and simpler. But um, I, I sort of look at it in terms of, say, Sydney FC were to get relegated, right? And we're in an A1, A2 situation. And, and let's be honest, though, this, this could be many years down the track. I think this is going to take a long time before we get to that sort of stage. But if Sydney FC get relegated, you're facing the prospect of no Sydney derby in a season of, of A-League football. And that's not really good for, for anyone, I don't think, um, so having the cross-conference system, I, I guess, is a way to get around the dangers of, of having a, a big team relegated. So you, mm. you'd, you'd still have them playing Wanderers at least once per season, and you could all incorporate all this in the same TV deals so the broadcasters would be happy and sponsors would potentially be happy. Um, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Mm. I don't hate it. But I should stress as well that it's just an idea at the stage, and that's that's one of many things that could change with this. Um mm. It's not a proposal in the formal sense. They haven't taken it to FA. It's not an announcement, as some people um, seem to assume it was. APL didn't actually want this story out there. This is just some ideas that they're spitballing um, that I was able to... um, I heard and was able to source and verify the fact that this happened. Um, And for me, it's just positive that they're even talking about this at all because for many years, I think we've seen the A-League clubs as as, as overly protectionist and, and not even wanting to begin this conversation, let alone toss around ideas like this. So um, if nothing else, I think it's a real positive that they're, they're even discussing this topic yep. in-house at the moment. I agree. Yeah, no, the same. I mean, I think the fact that we are talking about it, like you said, in, in you know, we've seen um, when, when decisions have been made without fans being given a voice, um, how, how that sort of turned out very recently. So I think the fact that this, however it's gotten out, um, has us talking about it, sees some sort of reaction, whether it's good or positive, um, you know, allows them to make a, a, a bit of an educated decision on, on what the fans think. So I think it is good. But, mate, your, your piece also included some news on the National Second Division, um, which mentioned that, you know, not all clubs are confident that the league will proceed as envisaged as a traditional home and away. No, uh, and neither am I. And I'm as hopeful as probably those clubs are that this happens because the idea is obviously sensational on paper. Like It'd be such a breath of fresh air for the competition and, and give a pathway for clubs at NPL level to sort of become professional over time and, and increase their operations and get to a point where you could actually have them in the A-League without simply adding a semi-professional team to a professional competition. You want to give these these state league clubs a pathway to professionalism, given the boxes that they need to tick and given time to tick them. Uh, that's what the second division can hopefully do. But I think there's there's optimism in some quarters. There's also a little bit of scepticism, some doubt. I mean, it's a big undertaking. Uh, a lot of these clubs who enter are going to be basically signing up to lose money over, over a number of years, which, uh, you know, A-league clubs are struggling to deal with that at the moment, let alone NPL clubs. But one, one interesting little nugget of information that's not in the story, I found this out today actually, um, is that uh, the next sort of stage, this request for proposal stage, I believe is going to involve a, a bank guarantee up front for people who, or clubs that want to be involved in this. And it could be uh, a six figure sum, around a quarter of a million dollars, which will pretty quickly sort out how serious some of these clubs are who want to enter a national competition. If you've got the money, 
put it down on the table. If you don't, then maybe we need to think about, and, and by we, I mean FA in this situation, FA would be saying to these clubs, if you can't pay that now, then maybe we need to look at a Champions League model, which is something that they've been yeah. you know, hinting at in, in their communications uh, over the last few months. So it, it's very nearly put up or shut up time. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Um, thanks for the inside track on that. So we've got a scoop on the global game. Um, <clears throat> maybe you can give us another one before uh, we let you go, Vince. I want to ask you, uh, before we uh, close this conversation, about uh, the Ange Postacoglu to Tottenham rumours. Now, you've written a yarn or two on this for the Herald. Uh, it appears that he's high up the pecking order for Tottenham in their search for a new manager. We know Scott Munn is there, of course, formerly with... Melbourne City. Do you think he will end up at White Hart Lane this summer, Northern summer? It's yeah, it's a tough one. Like, there's two things that need to happen here, right? One is that Spurs need to offer him the job, and the second is he needs to decide to take it. Now, the first one, uh, he might be high up there pecking list, but he's not the only manager on on there that they're looking at at the moment. I've just seen some reports that Napoli's president uh, has talked about Luis Enrique. Uh, potentially being an option for them. And he said, no, that's not going to happen because he's looking at some Premier League clubs instead. He wants to go to the Premier League. Um, and the obvious option there, everyone seems to have read that as a, as a clear hint that that Tottenham might be looking at him. So we might don't even know if, if Spurs is going to offer Ange the job at this point. But um, I did, did try and make some calls and get a little bit of intel uh, around Ange's position on this and would he take it, would he not? I, I, I think at the moment, um, but if they were offering it to him, I think he'd take it, mm. uh, which would be huge for Australian football, huge for Tottenham as well, to be honest. They'd have a coach who could potentially clean up a bit of a mess at that club at the moment. Um, it's, it, oh yeah, enormous. I, I'm not quite ready for the Celtic journey to end, to be honest. I'd really <laughs> like to see him stay yeah. another year or so, have a crack at the Champions League, at least give me some time to get over at Celtic Park to experience that atmosphere yeah. from a selfish point of view. But um the guy will be there sooner or later. I've got no yeah, doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, final little question for you, Vince, uh, briefly, if you wouldn't mind. You are these days probably the only mainstream full-time journalist left covering football on, on a regular basis. Is that problematic? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lonely gig sometimes. <laughs> I do. I remember when I moved to Sydney only in, only in 2018, you know, it was a different situation. You'd have guys, there were, there were football writers at every major tabloid in, in Australia through the News Corp yeah. platforms. There were a lot of other people who would, who'd be in press boxes uh, who were professional journalists. And and when I've, you know, when I entered this caper, it seemed like such a such a big industry, so much opportunity. And then I've, I've almost Stephen Bradbury it along the way, to be honest, like everyone else <laughs> is, is dropping off. And I'm just like, well, this is, this look, from a selfish point of view, again, it's great for me because there's lots of stories there that no one's writing and that's, that's good and all that, but it's not mm. good for the game no. because... We need more people writing about it. We need more scrutiny on the decision makers, uh, and just culturally as well. It's 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 not. We need more than just one or two people. Mm-hmm. You know, we need different perspectives, different ideas, different, different opinions, ways of yeah. looking at things. Exactly right, Simon. So I hope that changes. Although just looking at the media industry at the moment, and in particular football, I'm not sure it's going to. But um, it is what it is, and that's why shows like this one are so important as well. To be honest, I, I listen every week, and it's a, it's a great addition to my uh, podcast rotation and. Good and man. there's not enough of it in Australia, unfortunately. Absolutely. Well, you do a great job, Vince. And yeah. uh, thanks for coming on tonight, uh, particularly as it's so late in the evening as well. So uh, appreciate it, mate. And we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, mate. My absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks. That's uh, Vince Rigari from the Sydney Morning Herald. Another quick break. On the other side of it, we'll talk Premier League with Spencer Pryor.